Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's going on, Fantasy Champs? Welcome on into the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. My name's Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon on the other side of the screen. What's poppin', Rick? What's going on? Uh, nothing much. Nothing much. Training Interesting, camp. Uh, training camp. Interesting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's funny. Training camp starts and all I see is these videos of people playing and then I realize, okay, I want to see preseason and I watch one preseason game and I'm like, all right. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. <laughs> yep. So uh, anyway, lots of stuff going on. Um, we might hit on a couple of, of news points before we start our main segment of the show, which is bold predictions. So me and Rick are going to give you three bold predictions each, argue about them amongst ourselves, and then we'll send you on your merry way. Um, this week also, well, last week was the first week of training camp, but this week also happens to be uh, the first preseason game on Thursday. So that's that. It's the Raiders against Jaguars. Jaguars. And uh, Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne have already been announced out for that game. Um, so, are we going to get to see Derek Carr and Devonta Adams for at least one drive? 100% no. Just one drive. It's going to be all like yeah. the Hall of Fame game is always like always second and third. Yeah. Well, that the other part of that is um, they're like the one team. I don't know why the NFL does this, but. I have been a proponent of moving all of the NFL. Like you have the Super Bowl one week later now, right? Just yep. move it back to normal. Put the Super Bowl the first Sunday in, in in February, like you had it, right? And just move the entire NFL season up one week. We'll all be happy. Yeah, the first Sunday that in September, you started off. I don't know why we take Labor Day weekend off for that. Give me a break. I'm all done with that. Everyone's got to go on their vacation. I know. Freaking ridiculous. Who cares? I'll watch football on my freaking yachts. Okay. <laughs> yeah, your yacht. My yacht. Yeah, somebody else's yacht. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, training camp, anyway, started this week. We have our first preseason game this week. Um, I was all that to say uh, the Raiders and the Jaguars play one extra preseason game because of the Hall of Fame game. So right. That's probably why they don't play. But, anyway. Um, so we have, we have quite a, a bit to talk about, but we're going to give you our bold predictions going into the month of August here, going into draft month. You might've started already like August 2nd. You might've already done some drafts, uh, for your fantasy leagues, which I was too, too early for me, too early for me guy. But anyway, so before we do Just that, a little bit. check out our website, fantasyjimmies.com, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. If you're listening on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other podcast platforms, leave a review or serious pod with your friends. If you're watching on YouTube, Subscribe, click the bell for notifications, like, and comment down below any questions you may have. Um, so let's see. Is there anything uh, pertinently that pops up into your mind? Um, training camp Tim this Patrick week? tore his ACL. Yeah, Tim so that Patrick did happen. tore his ACL. I was um, going sucks all for him. To, to last week. What was last Tuesday? Yeah. Um, uh, so, But this does open a huge door for Judy and Sutton to be that Metcalf lock it roll for real there's nothing in their way um yeah even kj hamler now might have a small role he was a wide receiver four and has been good in camp he was a high draft yeah, yeah, pick yeah. a couple years ago so um that's good i know sky Moore got hurt but i don't think it's anything serious um 
No, I don't know. There's there's definitely going to be monitor the injuries more than the hype. I would say. So we talked. Did we talk about this last week, Clyde, on the pup? I think we did. I think we brought it up. I remember talking about it. I'm trying to find the the uh, the hit point from last week. Um, I know Debo. Did Metcalf also sign a deal? Yes, they both signed contracts. Both of them have contracts. So DK Metcalf stuck in hell forever. Um, good luck. Uh, Travis Kelsey restructured his contract. Um, there was a big, actually a, a pretty large report. Uh, I'm not a rookie wide receiver drafter, but I think there's two guys at this point that I would be comfortable with drafting at the rookie wide receiver position. Um, maybe Chris Olave could be a part of that list, but the two main guys are, are obviously Christian uh, Watson and Sky Moore, right? Um, Christian Watson got hurt and he's going to miss a couple of weeks of preseason mm-hmm. training camp. Aaron Rodgers already hates rookie wide receivers. Yeah, uh, yeah that's so not a good sign. It's not a good sign for him. Um, I don't know who you want to go after in the Green Bay Packers receiving core. I, based on what I've been hearing, Alan Lazard is, Lazard, yeah. is the guy. But even that's just so gross. It's really gross. I, I don't even know where he's getting drafted. I mean, honestly, it might be worth like a late round ad just in case. And then like you can cut mm-hmm. him two weeks into the season or something. Oh, he's moving up. Oh. He's flying Good. up boards. Good. But um, I'm out totally on Christian Watson. So, yeah, like I, I don't want I anything too. to do with him, at least for this season. Um. Yeah, I think maybe Traylon Burks, but he's getting drafted a little high. Um, Traylon, I'm not drafting like... Drake London because oh, I've seen the I don't clips. Think You've seen the clips with Traylon. Yeah, I've seen one or two. It's all good things, um, but it's training camp. So, did you hear this whole situation with Kyler Murray and his contract? Yeah, with the <laughs> that's hilarious. The fact Everybody's that they felt saying... the need to put in his contract that just shows me why the Arizona Cardinals were probably never win playoff games. Right. Everybody's like that saying that's a normal thing, but yeah, it's still a little weird. Is it not? And the fact that it went public is also weird as well. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Matt rule has been making Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield split first team reps in camp. Uh, everyone and their mother knows that Baker Mayfield is going to be the starter. So I don't know why we're wasting our space with that. Yeah, I you know. know. Uh, well, it's I mean Panthers. They might they'll go with Sam Darnold week one to start the year. Yeah. Um, Jacoby Brissett has been confirmed the starter if Deshaun Watson is suspended, which he was for six games. Jacoby Brissett. Uh, Mitch Trubisky has been the Steelers' oh. first team offense quarterback, but they've been splitting. That's what there was a report that came out um, today saying that uh, it's Mitch Trubisky's job to lose. So he's pretty much all but conf- They want him to start week one. And there's been some negative reports about Kenny Pickett. Early in yeah, camp, rookie he quarterback. He but. hasn't been. Uh, well, Mac, Mac kind of. Well, I don't know. I can't remember really. Mac was losing the job too. I think Mac I was. Mac had a bad first day and then was great. Pretty much after that. Yeah. So. Usually, like the uh, first <laughs> well, padded practice good. is where you start seeing stuff. But yeah, I have I've been hearing the same thing about Kenny Pickett. Which yeah, is not. So yeah, it's not it, it sounds like it's gonna be Mitch. Um, 
For how long, though? That's the real question. Right, right. Uh, Monday morning quarterbacks, Albert Breer reports that Donovan's Peoples-Jones is already a favorite of Deshaun Watson's. Oh, take, yeah. Do you take anything uh, in that for DPJ? Um, or, or are you in now that you Late round value, why not? <laughs> uh, Antonio Gibson... Um, on the 27th, suffered a, a small hamstring injury, and he was sitting out practice. I don't know what that means for him. I think that's Just probably fine. Keep as an eye on it. Uh, Rams in love with Allen Robinson. Oh, i like to hear that. Love. Hold on a second. Let's see if we got the full quote, because I kind of want to read it. Uh, While you're looking for that, um, this isn't a report, but there was numbers from Eagles practice where Hertz, I think, had 20 pass attempts. I want. I, I believe AJ Brown had like nine of them. So, oh, don't don't say things like that to me. <laughs> I'm trying Goddard, very hard not to draft than, AJ Brown in the third. It was round. really just three. It was really just Brown, Goddard, and Smith. But Smith was third on the targets. Hmm. Um, Daniel Jones still sucks. Newsflash. Daniel Jones still. But Kadarius Tony. Does look like the wide receiver one. He's gotten the most targets. Um, Wando Robinson has been doing pretty good. So the receivers are still there, but yeah, Daniel, Danny Dimes. I'm trying yeah, to think of what else on. I've seen for reports. I'm going through all of them. Um, Evan Ingram uh, has been bad. <laughs> Who would have guessed? Poor Trevor Lawrence. He's terrible. Um, Corey Davis Akil has been 15 has, pounds. Been bad, so poor Justin Fields. Uh, Michael Thomas is moving around pretty well, so we'll see how that goes. I'm not putting my eggs in that basket yet, but mm. um, mm. Will Fuller, there was a rumor that the Browns and the Cowboys are interested in signing him. Browns and Cowboys, which that would be interesting for C. Lamb. Uh, So I think the major piece of news, though, is the Deshaun Watson suspension. Um, Yes. And we'll we'll finish on that. So I uh, Rick and I were kind of talking about it prior to the show because Rick was a big Watson guy um, prior to the previous to the uh, previous to the uh, the stuff that uh, the allegations that came out against him. but just as a football, like football wise, not football player, not the not the person himself, but the player <laughs> yes, yeah, on the field. I, right. Rick really exactly. liked what he could do. Um, he was obviously freaking fantastic for fantasy football because he could rush, and he also had the. He's basically like a mixture of like poor poor man's uh, rushing Lamar Jackson and uh, and having the ability of throwing over forty five hundred yards and thirty touchdowns. So. Um, he was great for fantasy football. Uh, so, right. you know, the question is, do you want to sit, you know, if he's gone for six weeks, do you want to draft him, uh, stream quarterbacks for six weeks and have a roster clogger until you get this guy. And then hopefully he ends up being really good. And it really puts all your eggs in the Deshaun Watson basket. Mm-hmm. Um, or do you want to just go elsewhere and not draft him? It's kind of a tough conversation, but. I still feel like when he's starting, he's a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Um, and if he's Deshaun Watson and he's playing like Deshaun Watson, he's top five. 
the big issue for uh, I think a lot of people that they haven't really factored in for the Browns is the fact that they run a Kevin Stefanski offense. And Kirk Cousins has been really good fantasy-wise in um, in a run-first scheme, which Stefanski came out of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's had some fantasy success, but he never finishes, what, higher than nine um, when he's actually really good. So I think there's concerns here for me that obviously it's clear with Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, the offensive line, the direction that their offense is going and the way they run their offense is predicated on the run. So there might be a a limit to how many passing opportunities Deshaun Watson gets. Like he's not going to throw it 650 times. He's going to throw it like 550 or lower. Um, And if that's the case, does that affect his fantasy ceiling in terms of this guy can be a top five quarterback in fantasy football when he's playing and he's on. So I think there's just a lot of questions surrounding Deshaun Watson. Um, Obviously, I mean, even the suspension itself, it could turn into eight games. It could turn into 10 games. I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, But we'll see what happens with that. Mm. Yeah, I I mean, six, I thought he was going to get, I said this before, I think like 10 games. Um, So six is a little less than I thought. Uh, so it could be good for like uh, Amari Cooper, Cream Hunt, some of those oh, skill yeah, yeah, players in yeah. the Browns. Um, yeah, they. The only thing I'll say about that is Kevin Stefanski has never had a quarterback like Deshaun Watson. But I do think they are. I mean, it's going to be a run-first offense either way. Um, so, but they might throw a little bit more. Not sure how that plays yeah. out. Um, no, I, I I agree with you. I think there's there's passing opportunities there. Um, but I think it, I mean, it it really does. He could completely change the system, but I, I don't think that'll happen. Yeah. I don't think that'll happen. I think it will be a runs first offense though. You are right. Okay. Any more thoughts? No, we can move on. Okay. Let's move into, you know, without further ado, the main portion of this episode, which is bold predictions for the 2022 fantasy football season. Um, this is just, you know, this is just a time for Rick. This is one episode per year that Rick and I can just say kind of crazy stuff and, you know, Hey, we'll try to make it make sense. Um, but we, we have bold predictions on the season. Sometimes we hit, sometimes we're just dead wrong. Um, so who you want to go first? You want me to go first? Floor is yours. Say it again. The floor is yours. Oh, I said what? I thought you said what is yours, and I'm like, well, if I say it, then that just defeats the purpose of. <laughs> but anyway, all right. So uh, my first bull prediction, and we'll try to get these through these uh, relatively quickly, is that Saquon Barkley uh, will underperform his ADP, which currently sits at uh, thirteen RB thirteen uh, ADP of twenty five. Underdog, he is at ADP of 18, so um, oh. it's kind of close. There's still room for him to go up, though, in term, in the regular community, not the best ball community. So I'm curious to see if that changes. What I've noticed in my mock drafts is that he's starting to, like somebody like Aaron Jones was slipping to the end of the second round, and now that's kind of swapped from Aaron Jones slipping to the end of the second round to Saquon Barkley slipping to the end of the second round. Um, so he is starting to fall into this vicinity where it's not really a, a horrible draft selection. Um, oh, come on, say it, say it, be honest. It's really, it's, I know, it's I not, know how you feel. It's not a horrible draft selection 
late, early third. Um, but the issues with Saquon Barkley are prevalent. And I think people, th- there's several things to me. First is obviously injury. He's been dealing with that for a couple years. And I'm not really necessarily concerned about him having another injury. Like that's not why I'm not drafting him. Cause I think he could totally play a full season healthy. Um, I don't think that's a problem. I mean, the dude's 25 years old, so I don't, I, he, he still, you know, doesn't really have like, he's still young and he can still play. But, um, I think the injuries that he has sustained are mm-hmm. the ones that are going to affect him. Um, he had an ACL. The main situation was the ACL, MCL and meniscus tears. And for a running back, that's a lot to overcome. Um, and he's had, plenty of ankle strain uh he's he's had like two or three ankle sprains um and just a lot of crap that has kept him out um and off the football field uh so i think in the injuries that he has sustained are more or less uh going to affect his play long term so the player that you know rick knows that won him a fantasy championship in his rookie season right was that his rookie season yep yeah uh is that player that had this ceiling, you know, like, uh, like, you know, you see Jonathan Taylor. Now that was the ceiling for Barkley. Like he was going to be the RB one, the best running back in football for three, four, five, six years. Um, and I just, with the injuries, I don't know if that's possible for him to reach that now, especially now that he's aged two twenty five. usually running backs around 27, 28 start falling off. So, you know, yep. he's only got a couple of years left, uh, that and the giants blow, uh, they're not a good football team. Rick told me that Daniel Jones, five for 15, baby. You're going to practice yep. the other day. Total Daniel Jones. The offense sucks. It's not going to be good. And their best, I would say their best skill player is Saquon Barkley. What our defense yeah. is going to do. They're going to try to, they're going to try to stop Saquon Barkley. Um, but the biggest thing that was a shocker to me was that he played last year. Like, Real games, because in yep. your mind, I, I, your mind, my mind, everyone's mind, people are like, "Oh, he was hurt last year," which he was. In the time that he had on the field, and I'm just going to count games where he had over 80 percent snap percentage, so that we're not going yep. like, "Okay, this guy's out." So he had a game against Washington. He had 8.9 fantasy points in that game against Washington. 81 percent snap share. Uh, he was RB 32 on the week against Atlanta. 83% snap percentage, 21 fantasy points. This is in PPR, nine on the week. He played New Orleans, 88% snap percentage. He was number two on the week. And then after that, he had 82 snap percentage against Philadelphia, nine points. Can I put the 78 in there against Miami? I'm going to do it. 11, uh, which is RB20 on the week. And then he had um, the rest of them were like 50%. But most of his games on the season, he had like two RB RB one performances on the season. And that was earlier in the season against, uh, what was it? Atlanta against new Orleans. And when I saw the numbers from last year and I saw how much he actually played and how much opportunity share he got in these games and what he was doing with that opportunity, it kind of scared me away from Saquon Barkley a little bit. So to me, injuries underperformance, from last season and prior seasons uh, based on the expectation that he's had. Uh, and did I already say his football team, his crappy football team? 
You did mention yeah. that, yeah. So between all of those metrics, it kind of uh, it scares me away from him. And then the only other thing I was going to um, pull up was the metric. So expected fantasy points per game last year, he had 13.1 expected fantasy points per game. He ended up with 11.4 on the season, which was negative 1.62. So he underperformed last year. To me, yep. he's getting drafted off the board right now as the running back 13. It's not a bad area to take him. But I don't think that he has this high ceiling. I think he ends up underperforming his ADP. He ends up anywhere between mid to low end RB2. And he kind of disappoints people a little bit. But where he's getting drafted is certainly not a horrible location where you're going to get absolutely freaking killed. Uh, I'm just looking for players who give me at least some, you upside. know, will be productive. Yeah. yeah. Not even just know will be productive, but like that have like, like you're, you know, you're talking about guys like Javante Williams or even Ezekiel Elliott in the same range as him. And I'm like, I'd rather take Javante knowing that he has a high ceiling if he breaks out and has a really good season than I see Saquon Barkley having. So, yeah. um, that's just me. I don't have any hatred for Saquon Barkley. It's just, He's on the Giants. He has injury problems, and he's underperforming the last two seasons what he's supposed to be performing at. So I think the expectation should be adjusted for Barkley, but he will underperform his ADP. Bold prediction. The only thing I disagree with you the whole time, because you make valid points, with my guy, Saquon Barkley, and the offense, how awful it is and everything. The only thing that you said that I disagreed with was I do think his ceiling is high. Um, last year, he, he was injured, but he did play in games. I think he was injured while playing because he didn't look right. Teams yeah. were, but teams were also playing the run heavy, and the offense was just horrible. I just don't think that's going to change. And will that change this year? I don't know. It might not. <laughs> I mean, he's a very risky pick. Yeah, but. What I will say about his ceiling is if he can just get back, because he averaged like 3.6 yards per yeah, carry or yeah, something yeah. horrible right. like that. Mm-hmm. But before in his career, he was near like in the high fours to five yards per carry. If he can, let's say he's back to being close to Saquon. Like last year, if he was 50% of what he used to be, let's say he gets to like 85% of what he used to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's probably one of the only few running backs in the league that's going to get a real workhorse load. Because the RB2 on that team is Matt Breda, and then it's, like, special teamers. So, like, he might get, like, 80% of the running back work. Like, um, Najee Harris, Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, even maybe not even Jonathan Taylor because of Nate Hines. But, like, I'll say Jonathan Taylor as well. Like, those types of running. There's only, like, three or four in the league that's going to get the workload that I think Saquon could get. But you made all valid points. It's hard to argue. Yeah, he he just he scares the crap out of me, and I'm like, yeah, as he should in, in the home he should league. Scare the crap out of in me. the home league, uh, he has been falling into my vicinity, um, a lot. Or if you're gonna end up with McCaffrey and Saquon. That's crazy. <laughs> Your guys, no, you won't take Saquon though. You'll take. But Saquon. I, I was funny because I was I was actually researching for that draft, and and like I was kind of like. Saquon was not really in my thoughts. And as I noticed that he was starting to fall, um, mm-hmm. I now am like, okay, I might have to make a decision between this guy and multiple players. Right. Yeah. And, and then I pulled up his numbers and it was like just last season, forgetting about the snap percentage and half PPR 
two, six, 15, 23. Didn't even hit a fantasy point, but he missed that game. Only played 9% uh, of the snaps. And then he had five when he came back from injury. Five, five, seven, 15, four, two, 10, and four. And I was like, oh my God. Uh, yeah. That's brutal. Like that, right. that scares me. Like this is not just a risk. This is like, okay, I have to love the player and believe in him in order for that to happen. I just don't like to me, I buying injuries is already hard enough. I've done that with players before. And like, is this just an injury dip for, you know, Saquon Barkley's ADP and people actually really love him. And they're like, okay, I'm going to take Saquon because he's a value right now based on what he produces. Or is this just what Saquon Barkley is now because the giants suck. And because everyone just is focused on stopping Barkley. If, if, if Daniel Jones ends up being the second coming of Josh Allen under Brian Dayball, um, then I love Saquon. So, Saddle yeah. up. <laughs> but like, you know, like what are the chances of that happening? What are the chances the Giants become a top fifteen offense? Not very high. So Probably not high. Anyway, that is why. Rick, give me your number one. Okay. Uh my number one is Darnell Mooney will be a top fifteen wide receiver. Uh was thinking about going even spicier to say top twelve. But, uh, Chicago. Um, should I say but yeah, Chicago kind of that kind of hurts. Um, but top fifteen because uh, first of all, he's a pretty good player. Second of all, he is in in offense where yes, it might not be good this year, but was it good last year? Um, it no. wasn't. It was probably one of the worst offenses in the league. It was one of the worst passing offenses in the league. They only had sixteen total touchdowns and thirty two hundred passing yards as a team. Yeah. Um, that was horrible. That was bottom three in the league. Only I think the Giants and the um, Giants, Jaguars, and Panthers. So it was fourth worst in the league. Those are the only teams worse uh, passing offense. Even the Jets had a better passing offense um, than the Bears last year. So Bears had a horrible passing offense. Uh, no matter what you feel about Justin Fields, yeah. I feel like he can beat 16 touchdowns and 3,000 yards. Um, even if he sucks next year, I think he's probably throwing like 20 touchdowns um, with like 36, 3,700 yards. So that's already an improvement there, let alone – the potential of what fields maybe could be what if fields is good next year. Uh, but even if he's not that good, uh, it's not really going to change from last year and Mooney being really the only guy on that team that's going to get targets again. And he had 140 last year with Allen Robinson, the wide receiver two right now on that team is Brian Pringle. Byron um, Pringle, my dude. So Yuck. or Nikhil Harry. So that leaves Darnell Mooney. So Darnell Mooney could very well get 170 targets this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think that's happening, but I mean, you know, it could. He, he has that kind of potential. And, he only played and last years. year with the 140 targets, he only had a 57 catch percentage. He only had four touchdowns, so he was inefficient. Didn't get a lot of touchdowns, yeah. and he was still wide receiver 27. So you get more yeah. targets, you get more efficiency. I think he's going to get more than four touchdowns no guarantees because it's the bears, but I think he's going to get more than four touchdowns being really the only receiving option other than maybe Cole Komet. Um, you add all those things in. I think he's the best um, lock for the guys that are clearly outside of the top, you know, 20 guys who could take a big leap into that top 15, top 12 area. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why I have Darnell Mooney there as my first guy. Didn't even really think about this one. It was just, the easiest one for me in my projections i believe i have him 
just purely based off of projected points, mm-hmm. I think he's like my wide receiver 16. So, yeah. And I think, uh, like, it really depends. Like, obviously, the Bears have, according to PFF, you know, the 30th, what was it, the 30th ranked offensive line. So their offensive uh, line yeah. sucks. Monty's okay. Comet's uh, okay. Um, then Darnell Mooney obviously is there, but like, it really is all on Justin Fields. Like, you know, you saw last year Cincinnati. Like, uh, obviously Joe Burrow had a much better rookie season than uh, Justin Fields did, but, um, like Joe Burrow was able to have a lot of success last year, despite the fact that his offensive line was terrible. But he also had Jamar Chase. T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, uh, Joe Mixon. So, you know, I just, the Bears have such a, like, high chance for a terrible offense that um, a a guy like Darnell Mooney ascending into that top 12 would be tough. Um, So I think you're you're wise to spice down your take a little bit to 15. But I I agree with you. Like looking at what the way Darnell Mooney played last year and the amount of opportunity and target share he got, he's going to get that target share again, if not more. And uh, if if you know Justin Fields throws 20 plus touchdowns, I think it's a really good shot that he finishes wide receiver 15, 16 you know, in that range. So I, I actually agree with you. This is a kind of a weird stat, but who do, do you think Mooney has one of the best chances of having the highest team percentage of targets? And by that, I mean um, the highest amount of targets on the team. So like Cooper cup had like a 30% target share last year. Mm-hmm. Um, of, so he had 30% of the team's targets. Is there a wide receiver? I mean, maybe Cooper cup, obviously, um, it depends on how much they throw the ball, really. But I think well, it doesn't because it's the percentage of the. So it doesn't matter how no, many. No, that's targets, what I was gonna so. say. Definitely, I definitely feel like of the targets that he gets, I think he'll definitely be in like the twenty-five to thirty range. Right. I mean, I don't think there's many players in the league that's gonna have a higher individual that's getting team target percentage. Those guys are gonna have more yeah. targets because the team throws the ball more. But like maybe Stefan Diggs, like. Mm-hmm. Uh, just hope maybe Justin, Justin Jefferson probably will everything that, uh, that freaking bears offense is going to be right. Well, if the bears offense is even half decent, then Mooney's going to have a big year. Yeah. Um, so let me get to my second bold prediction here, uh, which is Travis ETN ends 2022 as a top 10 running back. So I didn't mm. not go spicy. Um, there has been some reports surrounding, um, and I'm trying to pull that up now, but James Robinson, I don't believe he started on the PUP, which is kind of shocking because I did not expect that. Yeah. I didn't um, expect it either. I wanted to pull that up though, just to confirm that that's right. And I'm not thinking about another running back. Um, so Yeah, James Robinson, Achilles will not yeah, be yeah, in Jaguars training camp. He's on the PUP list. So he's going to start on the PUP. But not only that, uh, people have been watching ETN, and some reporters are saying that Travis ETN has been the star of Jaguars training camp so far. Mm. Um, he's one of the – he was probably the best pass catching back in that last class. Um, and he has the opportunity 
to absolutely explode this year. Um, and if James Robinson starts the season on the PUP, uh, he has to at least sit out four games. And I would imagine that he sits out, sits out like six to eight games just based on like the Achilles injury and how long it takes to recover from that. And I think by the time James Robinson gets back, Travis Etienne will be firmly entrenched in that, in that running back situation. I have zero stats about ETN because he's basically a rookie at this point. He has not yeah, played a played single league. snap in the NFL. Um, usually running backs coming off ACL injuries are a little bit tougher to project and predict, but I think the way that they're going to utilize Travis ETN through the air is going to make him like it. Even he kind of reminds me a little bit of Alvin Kamara. And I feel like you could see that kind of role for him where he touches the ball on the ground, like 200 to 220 times, maybe, um, which, you know, is a lot for a running back um, in a non uh, workhorse like team, but, or, or like you see Austin Eckler who catches, you know, freaking 70 or more passes every single year. I could see ETN do that where he doesn't, you know, touch 250 carries, but he does get in the range of like 90 to hundred targets this year from, from uh, Trevor Lawrence. So I'm excited to see what ETN does, but I think he has top 12 in his repertoire, and I think he actually does it this year, and I think a lot of people will be shocked by um, the upside that he provides. Yeah, I like that one. ETN uh, um, was one of the guys I was considering for that. Uh, he's obviously a very good player from what we've seen in camp. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a high draft pick. So even though we haven't seen him in the NFL, we have those expectations. Um, he's going to be one of the leading receivers probably on the Jaguars as well. Kind of play that DeAndre Swift role mm-hmm. um, in PPR leagues. I think he's going to be very, very good this year. So I like that one. My uh, my second one is uh, this one. A lot of people are not going to like this one because there's a lot of people against this guy. But it's uh, Cam Akers will not disappoint and finish in the top 12 for running backs. Um, I know a lot of people are anti Cam Akers, but I will make my argument for one, uh, that Rams offense probably going to be top 10 in the league again. Um, I think they were seventh in the league last year, so they're obviously going to have a good offense. They have usually use one running back. Um, even if the season end carries are similar, if you go by week to week, they will use an individual running back until that guy gets hurt. Yeah or he really slows down, then they might switch to another guy. But usually on a game-to-game basis, there's one guy who gets majority of the work. So it's going to start off with Cam Akers. Um, He's going to get that opportunity. And based on training camp reports, he's been very good. Says he feels 100%. Um, He said, and quote, I'm expecting to play at a much higher level this season. Um, People, and I've said this before, have used, obviously, the Achilles. It's no joke. It's a very big injury against him, and I understand that. Yeah. But to use the stats last season against him, I don't think is fair because it was months off the Achilles. He's now over a year off the Achilles, so yeah. it's a huge difference. Yeah. Um, and he if he's ever going to be the same player, it'll be now, right? Um, so, yeah, and the Rams, uh, his only competition is really Daryl Henderson. Um, outside of him, it's nobody. It's the Jake Funk guy. um who i don't think is really going to do much so it's really just henderson so as long as cam Akers plays decent he's going to keep the job which means he's going to be a workhorse we've Mm -hmm. seen it with todd Gurley, 
we've saw we saw it with Henderson a little bit last year before he got hurt. Then it became Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle didn't even play for the team in the first few weeks, and he I believe or he played, but he wasn't really involved. Mm-hmm. And then finished the year with over 200 carries. So yeah, and they didn't run the ball a lot last year. They only ran it 420 times. You could tell they were throwing it more than they wanted to. Um, the year before that, they th- they ran the ball 473 times. So Cam Akers has a chance to be a true workhorse in a top seven offense in the NFL. Yeah, I will take those odds um, all day. If he burns me, he burns me. But yeah, whatever. So Sean McVay did say um, in an article on uh, the Rams Uh-oh. website, he said, I look at he's talking about Daryl Henderson. He said, I look at it as if we've got two starting running backs on the team. Um, he said that last year, though, too. Yeah, no, that's what I was gonna say. Is that uh, yeah? There's some coaches that like Dan Campbell. I've noticed uh, he just says it. What he's gonna do on television, so um, uh, you know, you know what you're getting with the whole game plan. Sean McVay, yeah, he posts the game plan on his Instagram. Um, <laughs> Sean McVay does not do that. Uh, yeah. He tries to play close to the vest. He tries to talk up every single one of his players. He does get involved in a lot of coach speak. So I, I am I would not be concerned if you are a Cam Akers guy um to draft him. I would I wouldn't be concerned at all. I mean you're spending a fourth round pick most likely, late third, early fourth round pick on him in a twelve team league anyway. So it's not a big deal. But uh, this is what this is what he always does. He says I'm going with two running backs and then he gives Cam Akers thirty carries. So um, you know, it's 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 gonna be Cam Akers. I don't like Henderson blows. And I, I mean, he's not, he's not terrible, but he's a high end handcuff, I guess. Um, and even if they do split, I still think that Cam Akers will get the red zone opportunities. Cam Akers will get 250 carries and he'll probably get the pass catching opportunities. So I think you'll see Henderson in there at to spell Cam Akers, but I'm not concerned about those comments at all. Yep. Um, All right. And and my last one completely no sources, no sources here. But uh, okay. I think Jimmy, I think Jimmy G ends up in uh, Seattle. Uh, a trade is going to happen. Some people have been talking about um, Cleveland. If the suspension is long, we know it's six games now. And if there's no appeals from either side, then it'll stay six games. Um, I feel like at this point for Jimmy G, uh, that team is out of the the question for him. Um, a lot of people were thinking that Jimmy G would go to Cleveland and take over. Um, for the first eight weeks. And then, you know, after that they would switch to Deshaun Watson and um, it's not a bad plan for the Cleveland Browns. They probably need to win some football games <laughs> to have a playoff yeah. hopes. If you know Watson's out for half the season. So um, that is kind of difficult for the Browns to pull off at this point. Um, there's been other rumors about him going to Atlanta. Uh, I think Atlanta's tanking. I think they want the first overall pick and they want, they want um what's his name Bryce Young so yep. uh i think that's what's going to end up happening for Atlanta and i think there's one team that still believes they have the talent which i think at the running back position they do at the wide receiver position they do at tight end and at offensive line they kind of do um to win at least some football games uh and it's the Seattle Seahawks so i think Jimmy G either gets traded or gets cut and the Seattle Seahawks sign him um I do end up thinking I do end up I think he'll end up getting cut because I don't think that the that there's going to be a trade market for a 27 million dollar contract or whatever it is. Um so but Jimmy G ends up on the Seattle Seahawks and 
because of this, I think it elevates Matt Calf a little bit, obviously. And I think it elevates a lot of the players on that team. Like, you know, you're not going to get, you know, a crap bag freaking quarterback over here out of, uh, what's his name? I don't even remember. It's not worth remembering. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, I think Jimmy G ends up on the Seattle Seahawks and uh, plays for them. Yeah, that's a that's a solid prediction there. If he goes uh, to my Seattle, last one, where, does he have any fantasy upside? Jimmy G himself? No, not <laughs> yeah, really. No, no, not really. Um, my last one is Russell Wilson will finish as the top five quarterback. It's a little bit of a hot take, but um, you look at the recent quarterbacks that have moved on from teams. You look at Matt Stafford. He went from quarterback 15 to five, yep. going from Detroit to the LA Rams. Tom Brady went from quarterback 11 to quarterback seven going from the Pats to the Buccaneers. Now, those guys might have been in pretty good situations, but Russell Wilson is in a good situation himself. I think um, the wide receiver depth is a little bit better than it was in Seattle. The offensive line is definitely better than what it was in Seattle. Um, And he's still got good running backs and solid receivers as well. So um, I think he's in the same, if not a better situation. And you look at Russell Wilson since 2013, Mm -hmm. QB8, QB3, QB3, QB9, QB1, QB9, QB3, QB6. He's finished inside the top three multiple times, inside the top top nine, really, um, every year of his career outside of last year and his rookie Mm -hmm. season. So, uh, And last year he was playing hurt on pretty eh, team, a pretty bad team. Um, So his touchdowns were down, pass attempts were down, yards were down. Um, But he was still pretty efficient. And uh, reports early on in camp say that Russell Wilson wants to play an accelerated offense. Uh, It's funny, the coach that they hired from Green Bay, Nathaniel Hackett, uh, said that Russell Wilson is going to set the offensive pace for training camp and the regular season. Mm -hmm. So it seems like Russell Wilson is running the offense, even though they hired an offensive-minded coach. Um, Right. But all that is good things for Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Tim Patrick's a pretty big loss, but uh, I think KJ Hamler can fill that wide receiver three role. He's still got Judy mm-hmm. and Corlin Sutton, obviously, and they might even bring somebody in now with that injury. Who knows? Um, but I like Russell Wilson, not to mention that he can still run, and I think it's going to be a uh, top 10 offense in the league. I agree. I like Russell. I like Russell Wilson as a top five quarterback. I don't know if I'm as spicy. I don't know if I'm that spicy, but it's a bold, bold take, right? Yeah, bold, bold, bold prediction. That's exactly what that is. Um, but there you have it. Bold predictions for the 2022 fantasy football season. This week we got a lot of stuff going on. Mock draft on Thursday. Tomorrow we have our top five value picks, and we're just gonna keep churning out content for you as you prepare for your drafts. We'll see you tomorrow, guys. Bye. See you. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs.